Sarah, it's nearly 10 o'clock on a Tuesday night. I'm drinking wine out of a coffee mug, and it's probably time we should talk about some Formula One. I mean, right, we're like three weeks away from the season. We were going to plan on doing this like a month ago. Let's actually do the thing. Well, I mean, we actually planned on doing this a year ago. Yeah, that's true. And we did record a podcast, which is available on iTunes, until I find where I actually loaded it from and delete it at some point in the next few days. Yeah, please don't go looking for it. It's not very good. It's not very good. And, and that's what we realized last year. We were like, you know what? We may be able to talk about ice hockey very well. But we, do. we probably need a good year of being super fans before we can talk about Formula One that comfortably. And listen, I've been to like three races since then. I think at this point, we're good. We're good to do this. I, yeah, look, I don't know. I was going to say, I lived in Melbourne for four years as a fan and still never got to a race. So you're definitely doing a hell of a lot better than I am. I mean, I do have the slight advantage of being in Boston. Montreal is right up the road. I go up there for hockey all the time. In fact, I actually accidentally ended up there for F1 weekend in 2010 and had no idea what was going on, why there were so many millions of people in the city and, like, race flags everywhere. So, look, I managed to work for Mark Webber during the Australian Grand Prix and still never got to a race. You're a special snowflake, Saskia. I know, I know. <laughs> Work was like, so you've done everything you need to do in Melbourne, so you can go home. I'm like, but it's but, Friday. And they were like, yep, okay, thanks. <laughs> I was like, okay, guess that's how, okay, yep, thanks, guys. <laughs> that's a shame. <laughs> it was a shame, you know. I mean, I still, I never got to see him race and him being one of my favourite drivers because obviously Australian. Mm-hmm. Stereotype. Um, yeah, look. look. <laughs> I love I love Mark Webber and Daniel Ricciardo because they are Australian. And I even love Mitch Evans because he is a New Zealander because my mother is a Kiwi. If there was an American, that w- well, actually, you've got Alex Rossi. But be- beyond that, if there I was an American... I kind of have Alex Rossi. I kind of have, have Alex, Alex Rossi. <laughs> if there was an American on the grid, you would be number one, fa- number one fan. And I was going to say with a bullet, but I was like, it'd be probably more like with a spangly... Sparkly eagle. Eagles. If you know, okay, so before we get any further, let's do a quick introduction. I'm Sarah Connors. You can find me on Twitter on that same name. Uh, I got into F1 late last season. Um, a couple friends and I went to see the no, movie. No, no, late, late last season or the season no, before? No, 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 the season before, excuse me, in 2013. I watched all of last season. It was fantastic. Um, we went to see that movie, Rush. Loved it. Uh, I had no idea the sport was so dramatic, so a bunch of us kind of decided to stay up for the Korean Grand Prix, which was the next one coming up. We all loved it, had a great time. Everyone picked drivers and teams and whatnot and, before and the next season. And you spawned that wonderful hashtag, Drunk oh, Americans Watching Formula One. Drunk Americans Watching F1. Which, is, which... Is my baby. Yes. <laughs> so, but yeah, so we did that. It was great. And um, I picked Mercedes as my team before the next season started because a couple... My, my friend's parents is are very into Mercedes cars, and I figured it would be nice if I had, like, something to talk to them about. And that worked out pretty well for me. <laughs> yeah. I could just see you last season going, yes, made the right choice with no evidence. No, no, no. It was great. So, but yeah, that's me, and you are? I'm Saskia Stewart. You can find me on Twitter by the same name. Um... Sarah is obviously American. I am Australian, but I call Toronto, Canada home. 
we originally know each other from the wonderful sport of ice hockey, and then um, you became an F1 fan, and I'd been following for a bit of a bit of a while there. Um, I had first job out of university was actually working for Mark Webber for a couple of months, so that was pretty neat. That's how I got into Formula One, um, and then I kind of just fell in love with the sport. I had housemates that were really into it. We'd stay up at night, or we'd, so races in Australia were often at about uh, 10 p.m. at night, so on a, on like a Sunday. So we'd stay up late and watch the races and have a we'd say, have a few drinks, but we all had to go to work on Monday, so it was a little bit more a little bit more sensible there. Um, and that's yeah, I, I became a Formula One through a uh, Formula One fan through through Weber, and that was four or so years back. And um, unfortunately, never been to an actual race, which I mean, I love to get to one, but I'm also kind of okay with watching on TV. I'm a bit of a sports fan that does like the commentary as well as doing twenty other million things at once. I'm I don't know. I struggle a bit with live sporting events. I'm a bit like, uh, okay, um, so you want me to sit in the seat for like six hours? Yeah, that's not going to happen, bro. <laughs> Listen, you know what you get to experience now? So Saski just moved to Toronto, like, what, a couple months ago? Three months uh, just ago? Under, like just that. under three months. Yeah, so you now get to experience what we've gotten to experience for the last, you know, forever, and that is watching races in Asia and Australia at butts o'clock in the morning. But, I mean, even, but you the know. advantage is, the advantage is, A, I work a lot of Saturday nights um, at my job and finish oh, at 2 a.m. Not a bartender. But I, I work in sport and I finish at 2, 2 a.m. a lot. So um, I can uh, I get home and the races could possibly be on. But additionally, mm -hmm. they're on Saturday nights. When we get them at stupid o'clock in Australia, it's like on a Monday morning at 3 a.m. And you're like, listen here, I'd really love to watch you, Abu Dhabi, but I have to be at work in five hours. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. Also, the beauty of the European races is that if you live on the East Coast, as I do, uh, they mostly start at 8 o'clock in the morning, so brunch drinks. It's well, I mean, as much as I'm like, yeah, I can do 8 o'clock in the morning. Man, if I finish work at 2 and get home at 2.30 and I got to be up five and a half hours later, man, it is, I, I actually, I, I actually, just, so guilty secret, coming to Canada, I timed my arrival so that I got here with one weekend to go. So I got here on the Thursday and Abu Dhabi was 8am on the Sunday. I have a good friend here in Toronto who is also a Formula One fan and we hung out for the first time so that, I, that we could watch the race. But it's like 8am on a Sunday morning, I just done a 42-hour flight like two days oh, earlier. I remember very little of that race. Like I remember like Nico Rosberg's car dying and my oh, friend who is a Rosberg fan just being like, no. No. So did your friend cry when he, when Nico Rosberg said, uh, I want to go to the end with three laps to go when his car was dying? Because I did. I, I think that by that point, like she may have gone back to sleep, but I, yeah, I was oh, like, I was like, there was a certain moment when he did that, that you were like, you know what? This is a guy with dignity. You know, this is a, this is a competitor. And I think most of the other drivers probably would have done the same thing in that situation, but there was a level, there was a, there was like a dignified kind of moment there where we were just like, you know what? Good on you. If yeah. you're going to have to be second, like, 
he's like, I'm, I'm going to take this to the end. And when they come back and they go, yes, yes, you can do that. I'm like, what are they going to save it for? Like, there's that moment where I was like, what are they going to save? Like, yeah, really? it's not like you're trying to you, save the car. You can't right? conserve the car. <laughs> Your only concern is that Nico Rosberg's car is not going to catch on fire and set right. in the light. That's pretty much all you're concerned about now. No, it definitely, uh, as a self-proclaimed Rosberg fan, it made everything kind of a lot right, less right, painful. Right. As a self-proclaimed Rosberg fan, I'm pretty sure I've witnessed you and you <laughs> I want to buy this shirt because Lewis Hamilton something. Actually, no. I do believe you wanted to buy the, the Nico Hulkenberg leopard Adidas top. No, you're, no, don't tell people about that. That's not good. That top is beautiful, though. Don't even. <laughs> In case anyone knows what we're talking about, it. there's a photo of Hulkenberg going around with a top that has, like, sublimated this, like, lion tiger head on the front of it. It's and an it's, actual leopard face. It's beautiful, it's and I'm find a picture, and I will link it in whatever we post at the bottom of this, and it'll be beautiful. It's, You'll it's, understand why I, I want mean, it. Everything's beautiful because Nico Hulkenberg makes everything look beautiful, but yeah. <laughs> it is a slightly questionable fashion decision. No, it's from the World Cup, dude. Come on. So we we've introduced ourselves, and we better introduce our podcast. Uh, this yeah. is Grid Girls. Uh, Neither of us have a super favorable opinion of grid girls themselves. Um, we're, sure, we're sure they're lovely people, but we're not exactly big fans of the, the theory of why we have them. So we figured we'd kind of reclaim the name a little. We're girls. We love Formula One. We love the grid. It's all good. It's very good. It's very so that's good. us. That's what we're doing. We will hopefully be bringing you a show uh, after every race this year and possibly yep. some extra ones if we can figure out the time. Yep. And uh, it should be a lot of fun. We're kind of new at this, and we're going to figure it out as we go. Yes. So, as you said, we're here to talk about Formula One. Let's actually do that. Yeah, yeah. let's get there. Let's talk yeah. about Formula yeah. One. Let's talk about the grid. And it looks a bit different to what we, well, it looks a bit different to what we started last season with and what we finished last season with. Um, driver changes. Yeah, let's do that. So we've got three teams that are the same, obviously. My, my boys, Mercedes, uh, Force India and Williams look the same as well, which is cool. That's, that's great. And it, and it makes sense. Williams have got a great lineup. Force India lineup is, is pretty good. There's no reason for them to change, really. Right. Most of the guys have been under contract. There's not a whole lot going on there. No one's surprised at that fact. Full stop. End of story. Right. I am interested to see how the Lewis Hamilton contract extension will go. Uh, they say they want to get it done before this year ends. Yep. They haven't made any progress on it. Lewis fired his agent. We'll see. We'll see I mean, well, people like Lewis, Lewis fired his agent. I'm like, really? You probably don't need an agent at this right. point. You, right. You're basically like, this team wants you, and they want to give you a lot of money, and you yep. don't really probably want to go elsewhere because your team's car is still the best. Yeah. I don't think you and need you someone really else well to take team. Yeah, and I don't think you really need anyone to kind of coordinate that for you and then take, what, a 4% cut of your many millions of dollars. Exactly. There's there's only so many teams. There's only so many drivers. He's not going to lose a seat on the grid. Like, it can't be that difficult. No. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it's I, a little I, bit different. So, obviously, you and I both come from hockey. It's a little bit different right. in hockey. Trying to fire an agent and do it yourself is a terrible idea. Same with football. Don't do it. Like, just no. Unless That's, you're... A uh, superstar of a team football. and you're going to stay there. Yeah, yeah soccer football. <laughs> Unless you. you're a superstar of a team and you are short a spot on a team when you probably really don't need anyone, why 
Which, I mean, to be fair, if we're going to make the cross-sport comparison here, this is like Sidney Crosby firing his agent. He yeah. is one of the best drivers on the grid. Like he, he, he doesn't probably need the guy. That no. being said, I'm pretty sure Sidney Crosby is never firing Pat Brisson. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Anyways, so Sorry. the teams that have changed their lineups this year, let's get to that. Um, so Sauber is completely different looking this year. Uh, I feel which... like Sauber, the Sauber driver announcement should just come with someone singing the Dollar Dollar Billio song beside them. Like, yeah. we've announced we have Marcus Harrison and Felipe Nasa, also known as people with dough to bankroll our team. Banco de Brazil and Ikea. I mean, basically, yeah. Do you think they're, they're car- where Marcus Erickson's money is coming from? I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure. It's fine. Like, Whatever. I, I, I figured out where, like, I've looked up and I figured out where Guido Vandergaard's money comes from. It comes from, like, some fashion empire um, nice. that I think he's related into somehow by a girlfriend or something. Just something like that. Sure. Um, and, and I'm not sure about Satil. But I, every time I see this thing that, like, Marcus Exit has this much money, I'm like, where the hell is that coming from? Like, if anyone <laughs> knows, please let me know. I've tried to figure it out, and I can't. But I do love the fact that Saba has gone with that new IKEA livery this year. Just full Swede. Full Swede. Yeah. Team Sweden. They are Team Sweden and, and Brazil, sort of. I mean, the thing with Saba is, and we, you and I have talked about this before, Saba has two guys that we're now trying to figure out whether the money means they can actually drive. Yeah, like, that's true. Felipe I mean, Nasser, we, we, we know Felipe Nasser can drive. He wouldn't have been the test driver in Williams if, if he couldn't. He wouldn't have won what he has in GP2. So we, we know that, you know what, he's a reasonably good young driver. Marcus Erickson, on the other hand. Yeah, I mean... The series he drove in before this, he had no wins. So, what's he doing here? And last year he drove a caterer. Yeah, yeah. And, and whilst it's very hard to get an accurate indication of how anyone is driving a caterer, there's that great quote from, uh, I think it was uh, Kobayashi last year, where they asked him about, was going to caterer worth leaving being a test driver at Ferrari? And they were like, you know, he said something along the lines of, you know, well, I don't really get the chance to, you know, race. You know, like, I'm. Right. this is not, you know, like, they said, you, you've made this change so that you could get a chance to race. And he is like, well, you know, to be honest, this isn't really racing. Yeah, and uh, not to get too off track here, but it's, uh, Ericsson, that, that, that whole situation just kind of really bothers me because if he is just here for the money, if he can't, you know, use... The Ferrari engines have looked great in testing. If he can't kind of prove himself on the grid, like, why is he here? There are so many other drivers that just don't have a chance right now because they don't, they're not bankrolled by major companies. And I, I mean, mean, I'm sure that's something we'll, we'll probably touch on a bunch throughout the, the podcast this year. But it is that, that is becoming, you know, more and more how Formula One is. There's several teams that you can get into based on talent, and then there's teams that you get into based on money. And then there's sure. like, kind of the middle ground, which is what we call Force India. Right. Force India is just everything else. It's yeah. fine. Force India is just like, uh, let's just paper mash everything together and hope it works. Sure. At the other end of the spectrum from Sauber, I feel like, is Toro Rosso. I mean, <laughs> Max Verstappen, like Carlos Sainz Jr., both really incredible racers. So good that, I mean... They, 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 Verstappen's Max Verstappen <laughs> is apparently so good 
that he's come in at such a young age that they've now changed the rules so no one can do Max Verstappen again. Right. <laughs> like, That's if like, someone's changed uh, the rules for you, you know you've got to be good. Like, this, is like, this is like the Sean Avery rule of what F1 wants. Yeah, not quite, because Sean Avery was more just a dick than That's actually true. good. It's like, you know what? It's like the, and this is, this is going to be a really obscure reference, it's like the OHL rule for, like, incredible players. Like, you can get yeah, like a year early if you're such a generational talent, right? And there's, yep. like, four guys who've, who've, who've come through on it, and, and three of them have been number one overall picks. For the NHL, so. not the OHL. So basically a quick, if, if you're interested, a quick rundown of that is you can, you're supposed to be between the ages of 16 and 20, possibly 21 in this league, if you get picked with this exceptional status, which again is only like four people so far, you can play at the age of 15, and what three of them have been drafted into the NHL first overall at 18 after a couple years of that. It's yeah, so that's basically what Verstappen's doing right now, and it's incredible. It's great if he comes onto the grid and he looked good in testing. That's fantastic, and I look forward to seeing him drive. I look I forward to seeing him move well. up. I want great. him to cool. do well. But it's still really scary that there's a 17-year-old on the grid. Yeah. Like, and I, come on. <laughs> and I think the reason he is there is because that grid spot, that, that seat was the one thing Toro Rosso had that Mercedes didn't have. And it came to that situation where it was like Mercedes were trying to put him into their, like, system and yada, mm. yada, yada. And then Toro Rosso were like, well, no, we want this kid. And that – Red Bull. And that's the thing Toro Rosso and Red Bull have that Mercedes didn't have. Sure. If they hadn't ponied up that or put up that seat, it wouldn't have he, he wouldn't have I you know. So we've got the I guess I guess as you wrote in our notes previously, the, the Toro Rosso fetus team. It's true. <laughs> the Toro Rosso driving fetuses. And we we've got the opposite end of the scale, the McLaren team which are the oldest team on the grid this year, both drivers over 30. The old fogies team. It's Jensen Button and Fernando Alonso. It's great. They already look like they're having a fantastic time doing what they're doing. And, uh, I mean, if you've se- you should have by now seen that ridiculous Back to the Future video in which neither of them can act to save their lives. It's beautiful. Fernando, <laughs> did you make a time machine out of a McLaren? <laughs> it's so beautiful. I like worst piece of Formula One acting I've seen in a while, and I've seen some bad Formula One acting. Listen, we all have. It's 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 not. They're they're here to drive the cars, not actually. True, true. You know, we don't act. pay them to be good actors. No. That being said, I did I did put a query out on Twitter today, which we'll discuss in a different podcast. But I did ask. If there was a Formula One movie for the modern grid, who would play who? And my favorite comment I got back was Lewis Hamilton would play Lewis Hamilton. Oh, no! <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Yes, Lewis Hamilton would play himself in that movie. That's beautiful. I mean, he is trying to start some kind of music or acting career. I'm not really sure what the details are. Okay, Whatever. You do you, Lewis. When you've decided you want to retire, don't worry about it. Yeah, Somewhere now you should probably marry your girlfriend. <laughs> right. No, they broke up. Oh, my God, again? Dude, they broke up like two weeks ago. Are you kidding me? 
Listen, we're turning into the F1 gossip podcast. And that's not what we're about. Okay. <laughs> so we talk about the old dudes at McLaren. They're back together. They look like they're going to have a really good time. And um, I'm actually thinking the next two years could be pretty entertaining from them in a non-driving sense. I just want to see Fernando Alonso as a tuned character, to be honest. Oh, same. Same. That's going to be so much fun. Um, on the driving side, uh, I'm pretty excited to see the Honda engines back. I mean, McLaren. I think I'm kind of just so... crossing my fingers and hoping hoping that it's slightly better than a Renault. Oh geez, I mean, <laughs> Honda hasn't been in F1 for a few years at this point, but you gotta think they're gonna do better than the Renault. Yeah, because Renault were terrible last year, and they've had a whole year. And guess what? Yeah. Still terrible. Still terrible. Daniel Ricciardo aside. Daniel Ricciardo aside, and, and Red Bull have a, oh well, they have like a half new lineup. They've got Daniel Ricciardo still, they've got the Honey Badger, and they've now got Daniel Fiat. And I've got to admit, when testing started, I was like, why is, Dan, why is Daniel Fiat in a Red Bull? Why is, why is he testing Red Bull? And, and in my head, I knew that Vettel was in Ferrari, and I knew that fine. But I don't know who I thought was driving for Red Bull in the <laughs> seat, because I was convinced it was not Daniel Fiat on the first day of testing. No, I was doing the same thing. So I put together a big dashboard of, of testing data, which, again, we'll link below. Um, and I like was building all the data in an Excel sheet just really quickly. And when I loaded it into the dashboard, for some reason, I was like, why do I have three Toro Rosso drivers here? Because I put Kvyat in Toro Rosso again. Because yeah. I forgot. I forgot. It's fine. It's, but. It'll be interesting. It, look, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I, I like Daniel Fiat. I think he's actually a really talented driver. Um, so I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he's he's going to be able to produce in, in, in a Red Bull car um, and, and with that sport. But Daniel Ricciardo's an Aussie, man. He's my boy. Oh, he was also on Top Gear last week, and I don't know if you saw it. Yes, I've seen it. Oh, oh he is the, the, you know, the number one time. It was beautiful. Top we just rewatched it today. Formula One drivers on Top Gear are literally one of my favorite YouTube black holes to fall down. Oh, um, and I love them. But you know what I would love to see? And I was talking to someone about this the other day. Thursday, get a get a reasonably priced car, get to a Formula One. Take a reasonably priced car to a Formula One track on a Thursday, and be like, right, let's do this. Because someone makes a really good point. Yes, we have these guys in the same car, but the weather conditions are so different. Mm-hmm. You know, like here's the car. You've got one lap to get used to it, and then another lap to do it, and you're done. There we go. Booyah! Next one in. Ricardo out, Raikkonen out, Vettel out, let's go. <laughs> that would be an amazing super special. Like, I'm sure it's practically impossible, but wouldn't it be oh, fun? Oh, sure. That would be amazing. That would be fantastic. Do but... it at Silverstone on a Thursday. Jeez. Oh, or even, yeah, you probably couldn't do it at the at a your test track. It's too small. But Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh man, that'd be hilarious. But yeah, he was a shit show of trying to get them all in the one place. Oh, no. No, I don't want to. <laughs> Um, but no, his, his appearance on there was great. Um, yeah, obviously really funny guy, really fun to watch. Didn't stop smiling the whole time. As expected. When have you seen him stop smiling? <laughs> yeah, so. I, I loved his reaction. What does it look like looking at the back of Lewis Hamilton's car? I'm like, very oh, good. Man, he just like... Way too Australian right there. Just flip the bird. Yep. Beautiful. Beautiful. So, yeah, yeah, that was great. Now I'm looking forward to seeing him drive again. I was at his first win in Canada. I, I can't wait to, you know, watch him drive again this year. 
I so his first race in Canada, I was at I'm sound incredibly dirty. I was at a sewing camp. <laughs> like a You're sewing nerd. retreat, right? And I woke up at four AM in the morning to watch this race, right? And I woke up in my little hotel room thing that I was staying in in this big house that we were at our sewing camp. And I started watching the race and I like got a little bit of it and I fell asleep. And then I woke up and Daniel Ricardo was on a podium. And I was like, no! What like, just I happened? I was so happy because he had won. But I had fallen asleep and missed it. Good job, Sasky. Good job. <laughs> I, I was like, sunburned tall hell sitting on that giant hairpin. Um... You know, so much stuff happened during that race. It was crazy, and it was mostly all right in front of us. Oh, yeah. so good. But, I um, love a lot of Canadian races. I, I watch a lot of them. But we got one team left. Ferrari. Yeah. Speaking of Kimi Reckonen, he almost binded into a wall right in front of me in Canada. But he didn't. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, our Formula One drivers. Binding <sighs> into walls. I am very excited to see what he and Vettel can do on the same team. Should be fun. Uh, and, it's going to be and, bizarre yep. seeing Vettel at not Red Bull. It's yeah, like still I, not registering. Yeah, I think that's one of the things. I think because most drivers have been with other, like, like I would say Schumacher, you think in the context of Ferrari. Schumacher yeah. is Ferrari. But kind of beyond that, most other drivers have kind of been with a couple of teams before they got to whatever team is their, like, iconic team, right? Sure. Vettel spent uh, a Vettel handful is Red of Bull. races. Yeah, Vettel he, spent a handful of races at BMW Sauber where he was sent by Red Bull. He's been a Red Bull driver since he was like eleven or twelve or something. Absurd. Like Vettel is Red Bull. Red Bull Racing was built on the back of Sebastian Vettel's success. Like, yeah, Mark Webber won some races, and I love him, and he's great. But Red Bull Racing is built on the success of Sebastian Vettel, and for the first time we aren't going to see him in a Red Bull. And it's a bit it's a bit weird. And I loved it when he left that Red Bull made in, in their spy article. They said, it's not like we're never going to see him again. It's just like your good mates moved like a couple more um, couple more pit boxes down. They were mm-hmm. like, and we don't think of it so much as the loss of a, of a great driver, but as a tr- the loss of a truly awful karaoke singer. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, I would give good money to see that. Sure. Absolutely. But it's going to be a super interesting year to see. Ferrari, and we'll, we'll jump onto a lot of this stuff when we talk about Jerez, Ferrari's car seems a lot better than it used to be. So we don't know what we're expecting from Ferrari. We've got new drivers. We've got, we, well, we've got Vettel in there. It's a big change for everyone. He seems to be, like, stoked. And I think Ferrari are just a bit like, wow, we don't have a grumpy Spaniard and a silent, <laughs> silent Finn. So, like, this is awesome. Like, we have a guy that speaks. <laughs> He says words to people. It's magic. Words. So I guess that's the new drivers. That's the driver changes. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we've had some team changes. As we finished the season last year, Marusha and Kadem, well, we, we had Kadem for the last race, but Marusha and Kadem, no longer part of the grid. No, very sad. And Marusha has been, you know, making noise about coming back as Manor F1 team, which, mm-hmm. ah, if it happens this year, that'd be great. Because it's going to be kind of awful to only have nine teams on the grid, but yeah, an eighteen-car grid. I mean, we saw that for at least two races, and we did. No one liked I that. One of them was terrible. It wasn't. Yeah, terrible. I mean, exactly. it could be worse. It could be like that two thousand and five. I think it was Austin. Yeah, Indianapolis, no, Indianapolis. Indianapolis, yeah. Indianapolis there was like five cars or something. Right. Mhm. Pretty yeah. awful. 
Yeah, it wasn't good. Um, I actually, if, if you ever get the chance to go back and watch that race, um, it's hilarious because Paul Stoddart, the Australian team boss, is just like Australian all over the place. He's like, can I speak? Can I speak frankly? Yeah, yeah. This is shit. It's like, <laughs> That's awesome. way to uphold the legacy of my country, speaking it like it is. <laughs> In my country. That's great. Yeah. But um, so we lost Marisha and Caterham. Um, obviously, we talked about Mana F1, um, who submitted that they wanted to try and start this year with last year's car and then make some changes, which, unfortunately, the strategy group said, yet to. Which was kind of crap. But, uh, but it's not at all surprising. You can also kind of understand why they wouldn't want someone running a car under the 2014 regulations. They also get more money if Manor GP doesn't run. So that's that's the thing. What I that's the thing where I get back to. Um, yeah, they can come up with all the reasons and and and, and put them forward as their actual reasons. But by saying no, you're going to make an extra four million dollars. Some of those teams right. at four million dollars, and when we say some of those teams. Force India to $4 million right about now. I mean, they didn't get a car. They were they were the only car missing from testing in Jerez. They're going to be missing in... Um, Half of Barcelona. They're going to miss the first set of Barcelona tests, which means they're potentially going to get four days of testing and then go straight into the Australian Grand Prix. Now... Last year, that was Lotus, and we all saw how well 2014 went for Lotus. That was bad. That was real bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cliff note, in case you weren't paying attention, it didn't go well. No. But speaking I mean, of Jerez... I was about to say, though, just, just to finish that off. Yeah, know, sure. By saying, the strategy group saying no, even if it was just that one vote, that $4 million, the idea that a a group of five teams votes on something that means the teams get money if it, they say no just seems so Formula One. Like, we're going to give this decision about whether these teams let someone back in or get themselves some money to the teams. No one's, like, the, it seems absurdist, but it's, it's it very, also seems very Formula One. It's very Survivor, and I'm not really sure I like a sport that's basically Survivor. Not okay. Yeah, I don't think it's a bit like it's, it's a bit like letting the inmates make the rules of the asylum. Yes. We don't do that. <laughs> On to harass testing, which was interesting. Uh, if by interesting, side, plus side, it was way less interesting than last year. <laughs> we're both putting you can't see this, but we're putting interesting in like the massive quote marks. Obviously, like and by interesting in quote marks, we mean shit showy. Yes. It was basically what we all expected. Mercedes ran like 516 laps and no one else came close to that. Yeah. Mercedes are really good still. <sighs> Surprise. Yeah, right? Um, they did not put in the fastest laps of the, the week. Which is not what we expected. But it kind of is. I mean, they weren't obviously going to show their full power in the first no, test. Right, right. But, you know, what they wanted to work on in these tests was reliability, and getting through 516 laps is pretty damn good. So I think, I think the thing is, I think the most surprising thing out of the testing was not Mercedes, it was that Ferrari weren't as bad as we thought they were going to be. 
Ferrari no, kind of played everything really close to their chest. They were saying, you know, the car is not going to come into its own later in the year. So we're expecting to see, you know, Ferrari a little bit down the thing. We're expecting them to see behind at least all of the cars running Mercedes engines. But they were very what, quick. It was, what was, it was yeah, They were very fast. It, and not just Ferrari, the team, but all the Ferrari engine teams. So them and Sauber were both very, very quick. Um, and it was good to see. I mean, as, as fun as last year was, it'll be really interesting to see if Ferrari can maintain that pace yep. and actually make some of these races more competitive. And if they think that their car is only going to get better as the year goes on, what are we going to see midway through the year? I mean, we didn't see a single Ferrari win last year. Mm -mm. Um, off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you when the last race they won was. I, I, I don't recall from the 2013 season. My memory is not that good. Um, but, you know, these guys look good. And you've got a new driver in Sebastian Vettel. You don't know what that kind of change is there. Um, I, I, it's going to be an exciting season. Like, it was going to be regardless. I think every season is going to be exciting. But I'm really looking forward to seeing what Ferrari do when we actually get on the track in Australia. It is. And they're, they're sounding very optimistic about building the car around Raikkonen and Vettel. So, mm -hmm. as opposed to Alonso and Raikkonen, who seem to have very different styles of driving the car. Yeah. So, hey, let's let's go. Let's do the thing. Let's see. I think I think the I think the big thing for Herantham testing this year is we recorded so we recorded one show of this podcast last year. It was after <laughs> Herantham testing, and it's basically just an hour of us being like, "What the fuck is going on?" The mm -hmm. rule changes from thirteen to fourteen was so dramatic that by the time we got to Herantham, everyone was still like throwing their hands in the air and being like, "Fuck it." How <laughs> do we? <laughs> What is yeah, this? So. What is this? You know, power engine this and and trail that and what are we doing with this and that and who hard yada yada yada. And so turbos this, are happening. What, yeah, are, what are? How do you what turbos? Why are we having what is it? V six engines. What's going on? And it's a hybrid. How do you do this? Yeah, and whereas this year the changes between fourteen and fifteen are slightly less, slightly less dramatic. <laughs> and so, how F testing has come around and it has like like cars have actually got on the track. Yes. And it's been great. Like some cars have got on the track. Honda, McLaren, not having, you know, the best of luck. But they've got a lot of money. Honda have a lot of money. so They do. And they're, they're new. You know, we'll see how they do in Barcelona. They'll probably do much better there. Um, but it was nice to see them even get out there, as opposed to Force India, who <laughs> could not even manage. <laughs> um, they actually came out with an article about a week and a half ago talking about how uh, actually, the demise of Marusha and Caterham contributed to them not getting yep. out on the track for the last uh, the last series of testing. They were sharing, I believe it was the wind tunnel facilities uh, to test out their aerodynamics with Caterham. And since they didn't know whether or not Caterham was going to be using it, it, it just all kind of didn't get figured out until the last minute, so they couldn't actually make it to Hareth. Uh, yeah. Which sounds like excuses, but whatever. <laughs> sounds like nervous excuses. <laughs> It's fine. Unfortunately, the more things change, the more some things stay the same. Oh, Renault. I know, I know. They're better. Still not right. You know, you have to look for little improvements, I guess. Uh, yeah, they, they didn't do a whole lot of laps at testing. And, you know, looking no. at the numbers from last year and the numbers from this year, the kind of you know, relative number of laps between Renault, Ferrari, and, and Mercedes is kind of the same. That being said, good. that being said, we do want to rag on Renault, but Renault engines powered the only 
race winners that weren't Mercedes. And by I mean, only race winners, we mean Daniel Ricciardo. <laughs> listen, I know you're Australian, and I know you want to be all proud of this, but <laughs> calm down, <Yeah>. Sashi. <laughs> there was some outside influences happening to Mercedes cars that, again, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ricciardo to have these chances. Still. You needed you needed the Mercedes engines to fail for Renault to actually be and again that's that's the thing with Mercedes that they're working on this year is the reliability. So Yeah, and and that being said, no one had very good reliability last year. So no, it's not, not like Mercedes really. were that far off the ball. No. But speaking, speaking of reliability, things that we can always rely on, uh Pastor Maldonado, guess what he did in her F? He binned it into a wall. Oh my god, I'm so surprised. It's fine. <laughs> have, you found, and have you found there was, you know when you meet a Formula One fan for the first time, right? And you're like, oh my god, yes, you understand, you speak my language, you know about these things. And you can like any team or anything, but you know there's that one thing that everyone that I've met in Formula One, who's a Formula, sorry, who's a Formula One fan, agrees upon. Pastor Maldonado being terrible. Oh, I know, it's so sad too, because he's such a nice dude. I met him in I'm Austin, sure, and he was I'm so sure nice. nice but he looks like Dick Dastardly from the Wacky Races. He firstly. does. Oh, that poor guy. Secondly, <laughs> I'm sure he has fans. I'm sure they're all Venezuelan. They are. Yeah. They are. Because I, every time I meet a Formula One fan, I'm like, there's that one thing. There's that one thing. And I literally said it to someone and said, no, do you know who I don't like? And there's that long pause, and everyone just goes, pasta. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Like, but you know what? Listen, listen. In the Formula One in the Formula One movie, if you are a Pastor Maldonado fan and you are not from Venezuela, please tweet at us and correct us because I would and, very much like to be wrong. And give us a fully involved explanation of how this came about. Please. Do you do you like watching people nearly I don't know take off other people's heads with flying vehicles? Do you like people that are like like oh 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 I'm in your mirrors I'm in your mirrors boom you're out. Well, here's the thing. If you like people flying over other people and almost taking their head off, you could be a Romain Grosjean fan. He's gotten better. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I love right? that. There's that meme that says left mirror, right mirror, like left mirror, right mirror, pasta. And yes. it's just like, yes. There's also the meme, though, from a couple years ago, and obviously you're all familiar with the Miley Cyrus song Wrecking Ball. And it's just the start of, oh, I forget what Grand Prix it was, where Grosjean just, like, took out, I think it was Alonzo, but, uh, and they're just going, they're just going, and it's from Alonzo's point of view, and he's, I came in like a wrecking ball, and it's just Grosjean, like, peeling over his, his front, and, oh, beautiful. I, so, yeah, Lotus yeah. guys, calm down. <laughs> I love a good Formula One meme, and I, I and oh. past is, it, Pasta makes me think of that that Rubens the I think it's it's both the Rubens Barrichello quote and there's I think an art and center quote that's like a, a tune center quote that's like um, when you stop going for the gaps you're not a racing driver. I think Pasta Maldonado needs to understand the actual reality of how big a gap is and how big his car is. Sure, sure. Just that, like I know that I have vision problems that mean that my perception of distance is not great. So I am the world's most cautious driver, right? Like, mm -hmm. I double-check everything. Pasta, same problem. No, <laughs> no, nothing to do with it. Are you suggesting that Pastor Maldonado has eye problems? No, well, look, no. Yeah, it's I actually not an eye problem. It's a knocked myself out on a car door and gave myself a brain-injuring problem. But, hey, that's another story for another day. That sounds like a you problem. All right, sounds let's... like a me problem. <laughs> the last thing we wanted to touch on 
Speaking of eye problems, let's talk about the liveries. <laughs> yeah, great what segue. Yeah, um, that Red Bull one is pretty much enough to give anyone a headache. Look, I love uh, the Red Bull one. <laughs> I too. absolutely adore oh, it. I have a story from today, actually. A friend of mine came over, and, um, you know, she's a little more of a casual F1 fan than I am. And she sits down next to me, and she goes, Sarah, I need to know, what did you think of that Red Bull livery? And I was just like, oh, honey... You know that was just for testing, right? And she was just like, no. I really liked it. It was great. Yeah, me too. I, loved it. I loved it in the sense that it was a testing livery. And we no. haven't really seen a lot of that done before. Oh, uh, it's been done a couple of times. Not, yeah, not but, a whole lot. but not to the extent. No, that was ridiculous. This is completely different from anything I, we think they're going to put on a car. I really hope they do something, like, drastically different with their actual car. That'd there's, be great. There's an, there's an article we're going to link into the notes from this, and I, and I sent it to you, and it was someone's um, interpretation of what they think the livery should look like. Mm -hmm. Just some, some ideas, and they're great. Um, they're absolutely gorgeous. Some of them are just, like, beautiful. Like, love them. And so we'll, we'll link to that because it's, it's one of the best, best F1 articles I've seen going around for a while. It's really stellar. Um... But I loved, I loved the Red Bull livery, and it's going to be weird to say that I think something was subtle about it, but I do think something was subtle about it. I loved the fact that when they did the car livery, instead of using a gloss black, they used like a matte black, and it was subtle, but I liked that. It gave it just a little bit something different. Interesting, yeah, yeah. No, that's but cool. I, look, I do love it. I mean, my favorite livery of the cars is the one that hasn't changed. Well, a lot of them haven't changed. But the, the Williams Martini Racing livery, I love it. It's my favourite from last year. It'll be my favourite this year. I know you love it because you have the Martini stripe on your actual car. I do. Oh, it's embarrassing. It's not embarrassing at all. Let me, let me tell you. It's not embarrassing. You love it. When Williams came out with their blue livery for testing last year, I was like, all right, cool. There's going to be another bright-coloured car on the grid. And then they came out with the Martini thing, and I was like... I need this. I need this in my life. So I, I drive... I because it looks great also on all of their uniforms and everything. Oh, sure, Man, yeah. that is a smart racing suit. I drive a silver Toyota Yaris, and it has a martini stripe down the middle. And if you want pictures, come ask me. I will send them to you. But it, it looks great. I got pulled over on the highway because I have it on there, and I was going too fast. But, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, sure you didn't get pulled over because of the livery. I never got pulled over because you were speeding. I wasn't speeding that much, though. Like, it's definitely the racing stripe. But That's anyway, cool. obviously we're talking about liveries. Force India introduced their livery, and then we haven't seen a car functioning yet, which is actually a pretty shrewd PR move because they kind of got out in front of everyone else and had people talking about Force India, talking about the big launch in Mexico, all the stuff, and then they were like, hooray, funny thing, our car doesn't actually go yet. Yeah. We'll see you in, like, a month. We'll see you later. Yeah, we're not like, going to be in Spain. Yeah, in which, look... From a PR perspective, as an industry I kind of work with, great idea. Brilliant move. Get people talking about you, something, something, something. Distract them from the fact that your car is not going yet. But you know, good. Shiny thing. Here's the shiny it thing. good. Don't look over here. The livery looks great. I quite like it. I mean, I really did love the iconic very white, very orange, very green of Force India. I think that's really cool. So it's a little bit less than it used to be, but I don't care. I think it looks a little meaner, and I think I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some there was there was a really good quote I read um, in when we were discussing when the discussion of this liveries was happening. I think it was of Autosport. 
they were saying, you know, some of these liveries and, and the, the Red Bull livery in particular is a really good reminder that motorsport made its name being colourful and vibrant, and, you know, and that there is really something to be said for putting some effort into a special testing livery. Your team may not be able to have something bright and bold and colourful all along because they may not be your team colours, all these different things. But you've got mm. testing, and you've got a lot of you. You can you can really play with something there. Yeah, seriously, you might as well go nuts with that. Go that, nuts. Yeah, do the thing. That said, uh, what was your favorite from from testing? From testing. Yeah. Oh, it's got to be the Red Bull one. It's got to be the Red Bull livery, just because it was so, just like mind-blowingly, like what the hell? Like, yeah, it different. It looks a lot like the the. I mean, it looks look like with that. What do they call it? Razzle dazzle, whatever they call. So that when um, it's very basically it's reflective of what they use when they release when they do testing for new cars, so that people can't take photos of them and understand the new design features. It's based off that. Yeah, and, that, so, that was what the idea was for testing yeah. here. So and so obviously, I think the only other car I've ever actually seen in the full razzle was the Porsche, uh, the new Porsche for WEC, the previous season. Oh, cool. So we Mark Webber and they were doing all that kind of stuff. And that was awesome. I love that. Obviously, we saw it on Seb Vettel's helmet last year, which is where we now see them get the idea from. And so, look, I loved it. I thought it was really great. It was so dramatically different from anything they'd done. So, yeah, really cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I liked the Red Bull livery too, but knowing that it's just for testing was kind of, yeah, kind of hurt. Yeah. I, I, want it, I want it to be their regular livery, but it's not going to be. So no. I think I have to go with... Uh, obviously, Mercedes made a couple subtle changes that I liked a lot, but I really like Sauber, actually. The I blue and the yellow. was not impressed with theirs at all. Last year, it was kind of boring. Yeah. Um, I think the bright blue and yellow is going to look fantastic well, in, in the bright, shiny sunlight. Like, yeah, bring me that. Some dis- there was some discussion going around today where they were, ga- they were trying to gather fan feedback on what some changes they could make to the design. So we don't know if that's the final. It's probably not. We're going to see some changes. It may be different once again, but it'll be cool to see. You know, like I like the fact that they've really engaged the fans about what they're thinking they could go with it. Like, that's cool. You've got a lot of fans. You've got people with opinions. Go. Uh, McLaren has done the same thing. I think a lot of people complained about how blah-looking theirs was in testing, and they've said that that's not going to be their final one either. So I hope they come out with something really, really bright. Yeah, I mean, I guess we've got kind of, I don't want to say used to or spoiled, but uh, you and I both uh, kind of followed the uh, the Formula E, and mm-hmm. the Formula E has some beautiful liveries. The um the Amal- oh. the Team Amelin Aguri one, mm-hmm. gorgeous, one of the nicest ones around. Um, you can actually I can't think of the people who designed it, but there is a company on Twitter who are responsible for that that livery and and a lot of F1 design, and it's beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, definitely. That like seriously, that really bright blue looks fantastic. And all those races are run, you know, in the middle of the day. Uh, so it really just brings out that really nice color. And yeah, so watching all those Formula E races, you kind of get an idea of like what F1 is missing, as far yep. as like these really colorful, really like well done liveries. So yep. yeah, there is some there's some some gorgeous ones going around there. Mm-hmm. So I guess that kind of covers where we are at this point in the season. You know, yep. new team, uh, you know, well, not new teams, but, you know, new driver changes, team lineups, what their liveries look like and how they're going at the moment in Jerez. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, a few more days until Barcelona. I'm so excited. 
Like, at this point in the season, I'm drowning in seven feet of snow. I live in Boston, and we've gotten slammed with a couple of storms yeah, the last I've couple of weeks. Yeah, I've seen that actually like, the snow is high enough that you can jump out oh, of the, like, first floor windows onto the snow, and you'll be fine. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. So, you know, just kind of, like, taking in any yeah. sports that I can, and I just, I've, the fact that testing is coming up is just great. Please bring I've just this. enjoyed my first week of, like, my, this morning I looked at the weather and was like, hey, it's minus 10. Awesome. That's pretty good weather. Put my coat on. And as I was doing this, I was like, wow. What have I become? <laughs> yeah, this whole week it's been, like, minus 20, minus 21, minus 23, like, absurd, right? Oh, and today I was like, minus 10. Excellent. It's minus, okay, I, I have this little converter open because America, but it's minus six right now, which I'm like, oh, I beautiful. Go, I'm going to go outside and not die. It's going to be beautiful. Yeah. So if you've still got that much snow to deal with, so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and it seems so me. far away from, from Australia. This is going to be my first year of obviously not being in Australia. I've been in Melbourne for the past four years. Formula One's in Melbourne. It's going to be really weird to watch. And, 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 and for me, I, haven't, I haven't hit the stage of being away long enough yet that I've gotten homesick. So I reckon I'm yeah. going to get homesick right about the Australian Grand Prix weekend. Listen, you're lucky, though, because we have drunk Americans watching F1. We can just do the thing. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, I can do that. You know, yeah, we have, we have all watched races on Google Hangouts before. Oh, we have. That's true. So I guess this is a good point for us to wrap up for our first crack. Um, bear with us. We're obviously going to get better as we go along. And for, and for the, when the races actually happen, it's so much easier to talk about them than, than testing. Because to be honest, testing is like super exciting for the nerds and nerd in us. Yeah. But... At the same time, like, just, can I, can we have the races? Can we, can we, like, start the season? Come, <laughs> come on, get there? come on. Like, are we ready? Are we ready? Like, what, <laughs> it's, like, 20, 20, what, 28 days, 25 days? It's Wait, I have a countdown. Long. 25 days and 25 13 hours. and 13 hours to the first <laughs> race of the season. Oh, and, soon. God, I can't wait. Just give me the first practice session of the season. I know, I know. But, yeah, that's us, and uh, I guess we'll see you next time. Thanks yeah. for listening.